I know what it's like to say I will never get full of myself, but then I do. And and then to lose my identity in who, how other people see me, um, that's not a good way to live. Welcome to Podcasting in Real Life, the Buzzcast show where we dive into the real-life stories of podcasters in the middle of their podcasting journey. I'm your host, Travis Albritton, head of content over at Buzzsprout, and you won't hear anyone famous on these podcast episodes. Instead, you'll hear everyday podcasters just like you share personal stories about how podcasting has impacted them and the things they've learned along the way. The way. And in today's conversation, I get to sit down with the host of the Reboots podcast, Tracy Winchell. Now, something that Tracy does a really good job of on her podcast is navigating people's stories, specifically people's stories of hurt and change. And I know that can be such a tricky thing to navigate through because you, you understand the responsibility that you have as a podcaster to protect that person and to protect their vulnerability, and to protect their story. And it's easy to feel conflicted because on one hand, you want to make the best podcast episode possible, but you also recognize that this is a person that you're talking to. And so we dive into some things that Tracy does to really make sure that she feels great about what she's putting out there. And some of those skills came from her background in professional television, journalism, and in radio. And she had thought about doing a podcast for a while, but just never really got around to it. It wasn't until a series of life-changing events and circumstances that motivated her to focus all her energy on launching her podcast. Well, I think the first time I ever knew what a podcast was, I knew I wanted to do a podcast because I've been in radio since on and off and television since about 1984. And so my favorite has always been radio. So when I heard about this, I'm like, oh, wow, that's awesome. But I, I was terrified of, uh, of all of the technical stuff. And so I toyed around with uh, launching a podcast as, as part of my work duties, and it just never came about. And then I lost my job. Um, so I sold my house that I'd lived in for 20 years. I moved in with my mom. I started a communications consulting business. I'd done that for about a year. Everything's going along pretty good. I'm breaking even, and I'm still always going to do that podcast, right? Because now I work for me. And then um, one of my closest friends died suddenly, and we came home. My mom and I came home from the the, the service, and um, I, I, I just said, look, I I need to launch this podcast and do this thing because life's too short. I don't need to wait for someday. And so I thought, oh my gosh, she's just going to go, wait, are you giving up revenue? You know, and I just told her I'm going to finish up all my client stuff at the end of, by the end of the year. This was in October and I'm going to focus 100% on launching a podcast. And so she said, I've been waiting for you to figure that out. And so I wrapped up all of my client work. Um, I had lunch with a friend of mine in December. 
Um, and he helped me brainstorm what a podcast would look like. And it was a, we, we came up with the notion of navigating change because I had navigated a lot of change in, in that first year and a half or so. Um, and he came up with the concept reboots, um, and he do, did the logo for me. So, uh, I, Arthur is my co-creator, Arthur Green. Arthur is this heavy metal dude. Um, he Christian heavy metal man, living sacrifice, and he's like a global icon, except around here, and he's just Arthur. <laughs> so anyway, Arthur kind of helped me come up with the concept. He did the artwork, and I spent uh, so from December to. April, really just researching it, coming up with how am I going to do this? What am I going to buy? Got a lot of stuff for Christmas. And so by May, we had launched the, the, the first episode with Arthur. So it seems like when you started this podcast, or it sounds like it was kind of an all-in, need-to-make-this-happen you know, kind of thing. What was your uh, plan for it in the beginning, or what did you hope that it might become when you started it? Was it just a passion project or kind of, kind of what were your goals when you first started out? I knew I needed to earn a living doing it or at least make an attempt. And I gave myself two years to make that happen. And so we're, um, about a year and a half in and just in the last couple of months, I've kind of come up with a plan for how to, how to monetize, as a shoulder business. But back then, um, I didn't see much past the gut and the desire. Uh, I had the time and, uh, I, I, my overhead is very small, right? And so there was this huge element of just trust. It didn't, it didn't make any sense to do what I was doing. It made zero sense, and yet I knew that I had to do it. And here is my sweet mom, a Depression-era baby who understands, you know, um, keep that money coming in, right? And here she is 100% supportive of, of my efforts to do this. And, um, man, I just get a little choked up thinking about um, how supportive she has always been. Um but I just knew I had to do the next thing in front of me, the next right thing in front of me, um, and then see where it was going to go from there and to try really hard to not have expectations. Easier said than done. Definitely easier said than done, especially when uh, you either see podcasts that just explode and do extremely well right out the gates, or uh, you know you see people that are well-known in some other area, like maybe they have a big Instagram following or they're an actor, and they're like, oh, I'll just start a podcast on a whim, and all of a sudden it's this huge thing. And just to have that patience and just letting it play out and trusting that you're on a good path and and not, not just doing it for the numbers, but being content with where you are in the process. Yes. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about that uh, perspective for yourself, because I think all Everyone that's kind of in the middle of their podcasting journey wrestles with uh, dreaming of something grander or more impactful or more significant. 
uh, but also wanting to stay in the moment and serve the audience that you have. Talk to me a little bit about that that tension. Well, it's definitely there, and it's very, very difficult. The struggle is so real. And so for me, it was a constant reminder that um, that the first set of goals wasn't about the numbers. The first set of goals was to launch and to iterate and to continue to improve my interview skills. I've done interviews for a long, long time. But there is still an element of learning how we want our episodes to sound. What what do we want it to be? And you can't figure that out until you do it, right? And so I, I, I wanted to focus early on 100% on honing my interview skills, um, getting the very best guests that I could. And you know what, Travis? In the beginning, that focus was a whole lot different than it is now because – in the beginning, I wanted to talk with the people closest to me so that I would feel comfortable um, and they would trust me by being vulnerable with their stories, right? Because I needed it to be real. And if they're not going to trust me, then why bother? Um, and so that's that was my early focus. So it was about getting great stories with people I knew would trust me with their stories. And then it was about um, getting better at interviewing, uh, coming up with a, a, a system of, of how to make the interviews flow, but also understanding when to break that system because the story is taking us somewhere else. So – you know, I yeah, I looked at the numbers, um, and after about the sixth or seventh episode, and it didn't explode, and I'd done these great interviews, I kind of got down. But I had people who I had just – I had told them early on, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to get upset because the numbers aren't good, and I need you to remind me this is why I'm doing this. And I wrote it down, and I handed them to people. You know, I I wanted people to remind me of my expectations. And I and so it was really cool because I was able to um, go back to them and say, I'm upset about the numbers. I know I shouldn't be, but I am. And they'd pull out their little cards and they would just go, remember you said you wanted to get better at interviewing. Remember you said you wanted to get good at the technical stuff. Remember you said you wanted to get faster at this stuff. And and so that was how I battled the tension. And you know what, Travis? This, this was almost two years ago. And six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, um, I got in a funk for two or three days, and my mom's like, what's going on with you? And I said, oh, my numbers are kind of sucky. Uh, this battle's not over yet, is it? And I said, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone listening can absolutely relate, absolutely relate to that that feeling 
Um, I think that's so cool that you you kind of created your own uh, your own squad of people to rally around you and kind of keep you focused, keep you grounded. Because um, it's absolutely true. Like you get in your own headspace sometimes, and you just start to go in some really dark, depressing, sad, "woe is me" kind of places. Um, and and there are days where you wake up and you're like, I don't really want to podcast anymore. Like this is just a lot of work. I'm not seeing the payoff that I was hoping for, and uh, maybe I should stop. Maybe I should quit. And so I think that's so cool that you had people pre-staged, knowing that you would probably experience those things to kind of help you overcome that. Well, I know me pretty well, Travis, and and I I know my tendencies, and and I guess <clears throat> in a lot of respects, uh, having a broadcast background. Um, can be detrimental because I, I, in on one side, I, I expected to succeed and to succeed quickly, um, which was wrong because it's not about the quality of the content. It's just not. I mean, it has to be the quality of the content, but you got to hustle and you got to network too. Um, and I, I, I wasn't very good at that. My self-esteem was pretty low. Um, I was battling a lot of stuff between my ears. Um, so you gotta be tough to do this. And when, and I knew I wasn't tough at the time. And so I have an accountability team to help me with a lot of other things in my life. And so I just added that to the mix. Um, and I, I've never, I've never thought about quitting. What I have done, Travis, is this summer I dropped back to one episode a month. Um, and that's okay, too, because now I'm back to two episodes a month because I, I have a wonderful, amazing human being uh, uh, helping me. Um, his name is Mikhail Kozenkoff, and he just said, you know, uh, let me help you clear your backlog. I've got like a backlog of six or eight interviews that I just never got done because I got sick um, over the spring. I, I have asthma, I get pneumonia, and then I can't talk for three or four months. <laughs> That's inconvenient, right? It's kind of important for podcasting <laughs> be able to talk. <laughs> so Mikhail came along and he said, "Let's just let's just finish all of this stuff up." So see, having that community of people um, who believe in me uh, it is incredibly helpful. So um, now I'm back up to doing two a month, and I'm getting ready to release um, like six or eight probably doing one a day toward the the end of the year so community is huge because when we don't believe in ourselves um we we need other people to tell us stories like this about where we've been and how hard it is you know i I really believe that in large measure um success in podcasting is defined by uh, uh just mental toughness and sticking with it, even when you have to make adjustments. No, I think that's so true. And and not seeing those adjustments as a defeat or as a loss. But, you know, that when you start out, you have a plan. And then along the way, you figure out, okay, I need to alter the plan. And I and that's okay. Like, it's totally, it's my podcast. I can do what I want. Yes. You know, I need to make this emotionally and health healthy for myself. Yes. So I'm not feeling stretched so thin that I, I just hate it. And and just being honest about this is the best that I can do. And that's okay because I know that it's my best. 
Yes. And and, and uh, talking about uh, about plans, you know, you, we've sort of riffed away from from your original question, which is what were my expectations at the beginning, and and having to manage those expectations to um, one month at a time, kind of seeing two years down the road to monetize it, and so part of the reason in like June or July, I I. I drop back to one episode was because I needed to develop my business plan and my business plan required that I start dumping a whole lot of time into being on other people's podcasts, hmm. learning how to reach out and, and get, um, people I don't know to be on my podcast and then seeing if we can work up some synergies to grow my email list to then develop a product. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I don't know if you, you know who Brian Harris is of, of Video Fruit. Uh, he does the growth tools um, to help people grow their email lists and okay. do, develop online businesses. And I'm in that coaching program. So um, they help me come up with a roadmap. And, and you know what? The roadmap has changed three times since last November. And as we record this, it's early December. Um, but the whole effort is to monetize. And in order to um, grow my network and to begin to monetize what I'm trying to do, uh, that meant devoting this much time, like my arms are spread out like I'm telling a big fishtail, versus, <laughs> um, you know, doing that on the side. Which meant that I it was less about the time for me and more about the energy, and so, yeah, you're 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 always developing a roadmap. And again, early on, the priority was producing podcasts, and 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 at this point, um, I've got the content, and the content, new content, is less important than um, working on the business side of it. So what kinds of things have been successful for you as you reach out and network with other podcasters to either bring them on as guests or to potentially be a guest on their podcast to try and promote your own episodes? Like what are what have been some things that have worked well for you? The first thing is authenticity. The first thing is um, that if I'm going to reach out to someone and, and, and ask them for a phone call or a Zoom call or... Um, me to be on their their show or theirs on mine um, I'm going to listen to someone else's podcast I'm going to listen to their their top two or three episodes and um, I'm going to find something that connects their content to something that's important to me personally and or uh, my podcast and then I'm going to write them a, 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 an, an email about gosh, uh, I listened to this. Um, thank you for the. Thank you for your podcast. Thank you for this episode. Here's what it means to me. Um, here's my experience with that. Here's my experience with um, struggles on X, Y, and Z. Whatever, whatever that shoulder topic is, and and um, maybe there's a good fit here. I think I could talk to. Um, share with your listeners about X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're interested, um, let's talk. 
And so I, I put in a lot of time um, into whenever I decide, gosh, I really would like to be on that girl's show or that guy's show. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same with uh, probably a little less work when I want someone to be on my show. But still, the effort is is, is there. Um, I don't, I mean, the quality of quality of the communication has to be top-notch and it has to be real yeah because you think about it like these podcasters if they have guests and they have audiences then chances are they're fielding all kinds of inquiries about hey i want to come and be a guest on your podcast and they're thinking well of course you do i have (laughs) i have something valuable for you of course you want something for me but what's in it for me i think that's that's something that a lot of podcasters uh, make a big mistake on is they just assume Oh, they're just like looking for guests. And so if I put my name in the ring, then it's like a guaranteed yes. But it's really not. You gotta nope. win them over and and almost flip the flip the script of you know, I have something valuable to offer to you yes. and I just want an opportunity to do that. I think that's really I think that's a great yes. insight. And it has to be you know, it has to be real. Don't be making stuff up. Uh, I, I've had people approach me and want to be on my show, and early on, um, I would say yes to anyone who wanted to share their story, and that was a mistake because some of the interviews, you know, I'm 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 having to to tell some people your interview didn't make it just because it's not a good fit, um, and and I struggle with that for a while, Travis, because you know people's stories in my in my mind they're sacred. Um, the trouble is that uh, there there's an element in this world of podcasting where it's nothing more than a networking thing, and they're publishing episodes to network with someone else, not not for the benefit of anybody's audience. And um, I I got kind of in a in a little uh, circle of of people wanting to do that and. There were a couple of times when I just had to say, um, you know what? I, I, I don't believe your story. I don't believe you. Hmm. And so, you know, authenticity is really important. Even, even through cyberspace, the interwebs, I can see when somebody's trying to curry favor. I've had people say, I'll, I'll ask them a question about their reboots journey, and they'll say, um, well, what are you looking for here? Well, I don't know. It's your story. Right. <laughs> what do you mean, what am I looking for? So, you know, n- not all of the people that I interviewed last year are going to make it this year because it I just didn't feel right. Yeah, talk to me a little bit more about about that, about the balance of strategically reaching out to particular people because you know it will help advance your podcast in some way with keeping the integrity of your show. You know that when listeners come to listen to an episode, they're expecting a certain thing and you feel uh, responsible for making sure that you provide them with what they're expecting and that you feel really great about what you're offering. Um, And so doing that... And kind of like a balancing, like, what does that balancing act look like for you? How do you go through that decision process? Well, thankfully, I've never actually had to 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 um, uh, kick anyone to the curb that I've invited to be on my show, right? Because that's on me, right? Um, and so I know what I want the stories 
to be. I know what my audience wants. But when people have reached out to me to do podcast pitches, I've started just saying, let's hop on a call or no, Mm -hmm. if I'm not sure. And so what's the balance? Um, I think, I think my listeners have to be priority. They, they're going to know if I'm having someone on my show because it's about me. They know, you know, I, I still have that core group of friends in my brain and they were the only ones listening to my episode every single, uh, twice a month. Right. And I know their faces. And so they have a way of coming up in my head as I'm making these critical decisions. This is not a great story, but they reached out to me and they've got a nice business and what could they do for me? Doesn't matter because my 10 or 12 closest friends are still listening and that's my accountability team, Travis. Those are the people who told me, you know, remember what you're trying to do here? Even if they don't know it, I'm, I've got to explain to them my actions in my head. Yeah, no, I think that's really key. Just having a really clear sense of this is, this is the thing that's most important. And then these other things, as long as they serve what's most important, then I feel great about incorporating them. But if they get in the way of that at all, then always coming back to this is why I started. This is what's truly important to me. This is the impact I'm trying to have with my podcast and not getting distracted by the shiny object or the potential open door that could lead to something later, but at the expense of something in the present. So I think that I think that's really, really good. Well, and at the expense of of the long term purpose, because you know, you let's go back to the very beginning. Why why are you doing this? Well, because I I feel led to in a very powerful way. Um. I have to do this, and I can't really explain why. I, 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 I kind of do because I know what it's like to to have to navigate profound change, whether it's grief or job loss or whatever. Um, and I want to be able to help other people through it. And I have the privilege of hearing, um, you know, probably four, thirty or forty stories a year. Um, of transformational change and I know how powerful it is and so my mission is to help other people not for me to be the star and if you just want to be real here you know I I, I was on the air as as a, a, a broadcast television journalist for about seven years and I know what it's like to be recognized I know what it's like to say I will never get full of myself, but then I do, and and then to lose my identity in who, how other people see me, um, that's not a good way to live, Travis. And so, you know, the danger here for me is if my numbers do explode, then do I lose um, the peace of mind that I have? That scares me too. Right. 
my numbers are looking pretty good right now. Um, I, just in the last three months, you know, my Buzzsprout numbers, they're like, hey, hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but but I can't find my identity in that because I've made that mistake before and I'd rather not be that dumb again. Right. No, I think that's I think that's a great point. Just making sure that you always stay grounded. You never lose yourself in the pursuit and and stay true to to you to who you are and, and stay authentic to why you're in this game in the first place, why you started a podcast in the first place. I do want to um, to kind of pick your brain on something in particular because in your podcast, the stories that people share are really deep, sometimes really heavy, like talking about yeah. death, loss. How do you effectively navigate those interviews Um and and do it in a tactful, respectful um, way, but but really navigating that story so you allow that person to be kind of the star of the episode and allow them to come through and to highlight them. Because uh, it, you know, when you're just talking about like fantasy football or talking about like <laughs> online marketing, it's not there's not a lot at stake, you know. But, but, but I don't know, maybe, (laughs) but in comparison, like when you're talking about people's real lives, um, there's a, there's a certain level of like respect that you want to give people as you're interviewing them. So how do you go about preparing for your interviews? And then how, what are the things that you think about during the conversations that you're having with your guests to really make sure that you're mindful of how you're treating the subject material? Well, the first thing is, it's not about me. Uh, you know, we, we kind of spent a little bit of time on, on that just now, but it is not about me. I, I actually did an episode where I shared my story, um, and it wasn't easy. Um, but I also recognize the power of sharing my struggles. Um, there is redemption in that pain when I am able to help someone else through the the, the grief of losing a father or just in the last couple of weeks uh, a, a cousin or a close friend when I am able to share that I don't handle grief well um, and the, the pain that I caused myself and others after my dad died then there is redemption in that suffering because other people realize, gosh, it's okay that I'm not handling grief well. And so I say all of that to say that that I personally understand how powerful it can be to share our stories. And so when I'm when I'm talking to a guest, I pretty often know where they're going and I know where the pain points are. And I tell them at the very beginning, look, I am never going to force you to say more than you want to share. So if a a, a close friend who um, shared his story is, uh, uh, has been uh, addicted to opiates. So how much is he going to open up to me? He's a close friend and I know all of his story, right? I'm never going to probe there beyond what he wants to talk about. But if, when he goes to this space where he shares this story he's never shared before, and I've heard his story five or six times, um, I'm going to listen. 
and we're going to just go with it. And I am going to ask him some questions about that. Um, and I'm talking about a, a, a specific instance um, from, I guess, last year. And you know what? There was a piece of that story that I didn't share because he'd never shared that in a group before. And for whatever reason, he wanted to share that with me. But there were some legal implications associated with that. And I, it just hit the floor mm-hmm. because I realized he was trusting me with his story. And I needed to honor that trust and uh, take care of him. And you know what, Travis? It did not impact the integrity or the power behind the story. Right? Yeah. And so how you how I do that is just loving people and knowing that when they share their story the way they want to, um, as long as it's real, um, there's power in that in in and there's healing in that in that sharing of a story. So how much uh prep work would you say that you do? before an interview coming up with questions or conversation topics versus uh, responding in the middle of the conversation and saying, okay, let's let's pull this thread a little bit more. I think there's some more here or something valuable to be had by continuing on this train of thought. How, how much of that is before you start the interview and how much of that is adjustment during the interview? You know what? It depends. There are some interviews that um, go as scripted. I just run down the list of questions, the show prep that I that I send them, um, and and I'll just I'll just kind of take notes. And I'm I, I think I've gotten better because rather than interrupt someone in a train of thought, I'll I'll take notes in a way that I can say okay. I want to I want to go down this road for a minute, but I do want to come back. That also helps them understand. Um, I don't want to stay here, and I don't want to get completely sidetracked. I do kind of want to come back to the linear place that we're going. So most of the time, that is a, an effective cue to tell them um, we're not going to spend thirty minutes down this path. But like, if if um, Gosh, an interview the other day, I didn't take this tack, but I almost did. So I'll just use this. Uh, a guy's talking about um, how inferior he felt to be uh, uh, a Mexican-American in in uh, a, a Caucasian uh, world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I almost went there, almost said, can we just explore that just for a few more minutes and ask him a few questions about that? Mm-hmm. Um, but I always want to come back to the basis of the story, which for him was alcoholism and creativity and uh, the, the uh, illustrating the 12 steps. So, yeah, I'll just kind of create a note. I want to make sure that, that the guest finishes what he's saying about that particular thought. Um, and then kind of come back to that loop and close it, uh, if, if that makes sense. Um, sometimes a loop has just got to stay open. And I, I don't know why I didn't follow this. Um, most of the time it's just gut. But I want to always be really careful if I'm going to explore something else that um, the guest knows that this is sort of like a temporary detour Um And then I want to come back to what we're trying to do here, especially if it's a guest 
who um who who does have a message like is is um doing a book you know um and that's that's another one of those fine lines like he wants to sell his book um which is awesome because i believe in the book that's why i asked the guy to be on the show right Mm -hmm. um so a lot of times it's about timing like the reason i didn't follow this tack with with the 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 ethnicity piece is just because i knew we were kind of running out of time and we needed to spend some time on the creative side gotcha no that makes sense so so you definitely have a plan to start with yes and then as you're talking you'll you'll kind of navigate Maybe around the plan, but you're you still have the yeah. end goal, the end destination in mind. So yes. it's not this aimless conversation. And you know what, Travis? There have been a couple of times when you know I I emotionally I, I work off the iPad. Emotionally, I just wad up the the whole interview and throw it away. And um, I do always come back to the the last question, uh, which for me is um, uh, what good in your life. Uh, exists because of the struggles in your life. So I always want to close the show with something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, you know, I've done probably 45 interviews and I, I can't tell you that there is a formula for each one. I prepare for each one. Some I prepare 10 minutes and some I prepare an hour for. And it's not necessarily about how, quote, important the guests are. Sometimes it's uh, how much information is out there for them. How well do I know them? Um, and am I about to nerd out on the topic that they're interested in? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. I totally get that. How would you say that you have grown as a person? as a result of starting your podcast? Like in what ways have you noticed that you have grown either in your character or in your skill set or in just having a learning mindset? Like what, how has podcasting helped you as a person? Uh, it, it's helping me um, rebuild the confidence that I lost after I lost my job and when I found my identity in my work. Um, plus, it has greatly helped me with mental toughness. Um, and uh, currently, I think my biggest struggle is perfectionism. And so I battle that. Um, that's kind of my latest, the, 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 the latest gift that podcasting um, is trying to give me. And I'm fighting it every step of the way. You know, it leads to uh, procrastination and um, frustration um, in, in terms of editing. And I spend way too, mo- t- too much time um, uh, trying to write episodes and, and just this, this practice of trying to uh, ship seven episodes in December has taught me, um, look, sometimes you've just got to templatize your, uh, your uh, setups and your calls to action. Um, and I did seven intros and outros, including the writing of and tracking of, and, and I did that in about two hours uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Because it forced me to just say, just get it done. Forget about it. 
making the perfect introduction to your friend who has been on your hard drive since April because you couldn't find a place for him. That I think that's that's a real thing. <laughs> it wanting, is wanting your podcast to be as perfect as possible, but you also have to put it out there at some point too. Mm-hmm. And and you know what that that goes back to to my days as a broadcast journalist. You know, my poor executive producer had to fill a twenty two minute hole um, three times a day, and um, you know, even if the story wasn't a story, he needs me to fill the time somehow, and it needs to be done with integrity. You know, don't put crap on the air. This was the this was in the 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 eighties back when we had different standards. <clears throat> you know, but you've got a hole to fill. Mm-hmm. You better fill it. <laughs> Figure it out. Well, I appreciate you so much for just uh, being willing to share your personal journey and just being raw and honest about how you've grown and the things that you've overcome and the things that you're hoping will come in the future. Um, so I. I just want to say that I really appreciate that. And then uh, I, I always love to ask this last kind of fun question to end out our, our conversations. So imagine that you have a time machine that allows you to go back to the day before you started your podcast. Knowing all that you know now and all the lessons you've learned, what is the one thing you would tell yourself as you were starting? Have fun. Now, if you enjoy listening to Stories of Change, then make sure to check out Tracy's podcast at RebootsPodcast.com and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Wish you could be featured on a future episode of Podcasting in Real Life? Well, you can. Just click on the link in the show notes and submit your application. And if today's episode inspired you or resonated with you, we would love to hear from you. All you have to do is leave a review in Apple Podcasts to let us know what you thought and also to help us reach more podcasters just like you. That is it for today. Thanks for listening. And as always, keep podcasting.